Welcome to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with. What we hear and listen to throughout our day can shape how we feel. If we feed and nourish our soul with wholesome conversations from everyday people filled with positive stories, we may feel less alone and even inspired. We're all working through our own stuff and sometimes you need to hear that you are doing amazing, which you are. Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with is listening to others talk about how they have journeyed life so far, how they keep their well-being in check and how they keep their mindset positive. This is not always possible, but sometimes they share some really good tips on how they improve their well-being just for those days when they're not feeling quite the ticket. Welcome to this Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with community. I really just wanted to build something special that people can feel part of, feel seen and feel valued. Some of the people we speak to have really inspirational stories and hopefully it can resonate with you, make you stop, reflect and also just pick up some top tips along the way. So thank you again for being here and thanks for sharing your time with us. Here's the show. just jumping in to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of this series of Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with and that's the amazing IA Hair and Beauty. Now I don't know about you but as someone who has a very busy life with lots going on an hour hair or beauty appointment can feel like a real treat an absolute essential non-negotiable bit of self-care. Sometimes I know that all I need is a fresh French manicure to make me feel a bit brighter. I don't think we should underestimate these little acts of kindness and the impact that they have in our busy lives. So we have a special treat for you, a 15% one-time code across all the IA hair and beauty range. So if that's a gel polish, or beautiful nail art and you just need to jump over to Instagram to see the amazing nail art that Isabel does or a fresh new trim or colour then IA Hair and Beauty is the best. Go to IA Hair and Beauty on Instagram or Facebook and DM Isabel quoting the podcast for your 15% off treat. Enjoy! Welcome back to Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with and and um the fresh minds podcast with anna veal this is very very exciting so we are doing a cross podcast collaboration it's my first is it yours anna yeah it is and i'm really excited to be here it's, it's gonna be good fun it really really is so um yeah, this is really exciting for us, an absolute first for both of us, and, and I hope you really, really enjoy this because, um, yeah, we've made a very, very special connection, which we'll explain to you as time goes on. Um, but in keeping with my podcast, I asked Anna if it was okay to start with the question that I always start with, um, which is, what does well-being mean to you? Well, that is a very good question, which I'm going to throw back to you any second now. But well-being to me, <laughs> well-being to me means living a life that's true to you. So I see so many people um, on the hamster wheel um, of life, kind of just going through the motions, really, and it affects their mental and physical well-being. So if they can get clear on what they actually want out of their life, that gives them a lot of direction, and they're able then to make choices that align with those values. So. I guess well-being is is going within um, and trusting trusting your own self and um, taking action that that aligns with your values. Yeah, I love that. So, I'm going to throw it straight back to you now. <laughs> what um, does it mean to you? Yeah, quite really quite similar um, in terms of values. But for me, as soon as I say like, what does well-being mean to you? For me, the word balance is like top of the tree for me so everything in balance and I suppose that can mean different things to different people so for me it means making sure I have a balance of um, family life work life um, being out in nature life which is something that I really kind of need for myself and then something that I'm getting better at which is tipping the balance of putting my well shifting my priorities I guess to put myself nearer the top of the list um, I think it's something that I struggle with. I think it's probably something that a lot of people struggle with to try and um, 
shift that focus to make sure that they are, um, you know, fulfilled and energized to be able to care for those around them. Um, so for me, well-being is making sure everything is balanced um, and aligning with with what you want to do in life, which obviously goes back to what you said about your values. You know, if 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 you're currently living a life where it doesn't align with your values, then it does kind of feel jarring. Whereas if everything kind of feeds back to your main core values, um, then it feels like you're living a life of, of purpose and a life towards being happy and therefore feeling balanced. Love it. I don't know if you've heard of um, Ayurveda, the ancient Indian science of life, but it's all about balance and they they bring in the elements um, and um, everybody has their own constitution based on those elements. And they believe that anything um, physical and emotional actually is because the body is out of balance. So, um, yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful definition and, and something that the um, Ayurvedic uh, masters would agree with you as well. Uh, well, who knew? Who knew how wise I was? Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> like um, wise old sage. <laughs> um, so, I guess what we we should really do is. Um, so for people who are avid listeners of our own podcast, it'd be really nice to introduce ourselves for those that are maybe listening for the first time and knowing who we are. And then maybe we could talk about how we met. So Anna, do you want to introduce kind of who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a mindset coach um, specializing in men's mental fitness. And that came off the back of 20 years in the personal training and sports massage space where um, the majority of my clients were males and I saw the same themes coming through time and time again. Um, and I just witnessed the pressures that they were under um, and how we still, although we've made such advances in so many areas with technology and science, there's still a real stoicism around uh, men and they their um, she'll be right attitude or um, I live in New Zealand so she'll be right is a sort of um, a, a catchphrase that they tend to use but in England that sort of stiff up, upper lip and taking things very internally um, and not kind of talking about things so that it's out in the open and then they can move forward they tend to bottle things up quite a bit so about four years ago I transitioned into the coaching space and um, specializing in in the men's um, mental fitness side and it's absolutely brilliant because I bring my experience of um, the personal training so the physical element uh, into the coaching and also some breath work as well so it's not just about kind of guys having to come and talk which often they feel was sort of quite uncomfortable um, we we kind of use different tools to be able to get the same results um, which essentially is them getting really dialed down on what's important and then working towards that and like you say getting a balance in their life rather than it being one-dimensional yeah oh, amazing love that um yeah and, and and for me yeah crossing over to um to people who don't know me over in your space um so I um my background is actually in the arts so I trained as a musical theatre performer voiceover artist and that's what I've done for the majority of my life um, and I'm a singing teacher and a vocal coach and I do a lot of freelance vocal coaching around the UK and I over the years that I've been teaching I've just seen such a shift in um, that very personal way that performers put themselves in front of people and more often than not um, get rejections you know is part part of the career um, being good at auditioning um, is kind of the career and getting the job is kind of the cherry on the cake because you have to get through that first door to get to to the stage to get to the screen to get where you want to be um, and just maybe over the past five or six years, some of the young people that I teach, um, certainly in um, institutions, have just felt the real pressures of um, being able to stand up in front of people with, with confidence, feel like they are, are worthy of being in that space, understanding about um, what they have to offer uniquely as a performer, and the whole thing just seemed completely and utterly wrapped up in, in their own kind of self-worth. And, and if, if one little note in a full song didn't go well, it was, I'm rubbish. 
that was kind of the overriding script of it. And that just kind of crept in over and over again. Um, and there's lots of examples of that. And then, of course, when, um, you know, as, as new cohorts that I was teaching came in, it, it became more obvious that they needed to talk more. And I kind of, um, along with a lot of my colleagues, became a bit of a, um, uh, as, you know, a, a coach really, or, or you know, in some cases, a, 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 an untrained counsellor, which, you know, obviously I had to know my boundaries and, and when I needed to flag something up. But, you know, just to be an ear for someone to talk to is, is obviously great and fine and really what, what yeah. we're here to talk about. Um, and I actually loved it. I loved being able to be that person that was able to, um, you know, just ask questions, you know, so, you know, someone would say, I'm feeling such, 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 and then coming back and, you know, where, where do we think that comes from? Um, what, what's making you feel like that today? How did you feel yesterday? What's, you know, all of these questions that is, you know, so rooted in coaching of how to kind of draw the answers out of that person. Um, and just looking after people has felt like something that I've always done. Um, so it just felt really natural when, when lockdown happened and we all had a little bit of time to reflect, I then retrained as a, as a wellbeing coach. Um, and since that point, I've just wanted to have conversations. So my main, um, theme is really supporting those that are in the arts, but really anybody can listen to the podcast and, and watch on, on YouTube. I also pop the videos on YouTube, um, so that just people can can feel that they're part of something they feel seen they feel valued they listen to conversations that nourish their soul and that's really part of of a self-care routine for someone you know going for a walk and listening to a podcast and I just I'd been listening to podcasts for so long I just wanted to become part of that space so that was my journey into it well, I'm really glad that you have because um, I loved listening to your very first podcast and I would encourage anybody to do that. Um, and actually, it was great because I was actually walking the dog when I was listening to it. And just the way, I won't give too much away, but just um, there was one part that really resonated with me. And at that point, um, I was sort of struggling with my son um, who loves his PlayStation. And your guest was brilliant about saying how he'd used gaming as a way to let go of his day. And it was just a reframe that I hadn't thought of, you know, when you're when you're stuck in the parenting rut, you only see a child kind of playing on a PlayStation and you think that their brain is just turning to mush. But to hear um, somebody's reframe on it enabled me to have that conversation with my son. He was like, yeah, mama, it's like, you know, for that moment that I'm there, I'm not thinking about school. I'm not thinking about football. I'm just in the in the moment. So it it, it was great. It was great. And that was just by listening listening to um the podcast on the dog walk so thank you for sharing your um amazing guests with the world because oh. it's it's brilliant and those little golden nuggets yeah. are just spaced out in in conversations with everyday people mm. hey yeah well thank you and same same with you you know you you in your description what I love is that you talk to ordinary people about doing extraordinary things and um as mm. I've said to you before my favorite episode of yours is with um the wonderful Henry Fraser who just his story again not giving anything away to anyone but you know you just have to go and find that on the Fresh Minds podcast you know just when you're um, feeling like you're not quite sure how to build your resilience, then if you listen to to that inspirational guy, then again, you'll you'll gain so much from that in terms of how you um, reframe your life, um, pick things up and move on and live the best life that you possibly can. So it's, yeah, it's amazing that there's so much out there for us to be able to, to talk about and share. Um, so I guess we need to perhaps talk about how we met. Yes, well, this is a very exciting point for us. <laughs> um, do you want to start or shall I go? No, go, go, you go. Oh, well, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you do, but Manny was on the incredible um, um, high performance podcast. And at the end, um, Jake Humphrey and Damien, they do like a, an interview with some of the people, some of the listeners. And I was so inspired by um, Manny's uh, interview that I was like I've got to I've got to just get in touch with this girl so out of nowhere I kind of stalked her sent her an email saying look I live on the complete other side of the world from you but I just loved the way you came across on your podcast I think our 
personalities align and um, you know it's always good to get to know new people um, doing similar sorts of things so do you want to connect and she replied I went to bed and the next morning there it was in my inbox and I don't know it's just been a really lovely um, relationship organic relationship that ha had no expectation of where it would go beyond well she sounds like a cool chick and she's doing some cool things let's let's see if we can connect and here we are doing a podcast together it's 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 epic yeah yeah it's amazing and back at you you know just it was only a few lines and I read it and just thought oh my god this this person is definitely part of my tribe I'm just getting in there um and you can tell can't you like we we were talking before about connection and I suppose it leads us really nicely into talking about how important connections really are and and you mentioned something before which which really resonated with me which was that especially during um lockdown um during the pandemic that we've all been through and for so many people and well I suppose the whole world is still navigating to a certain extent um and we're all thinking of everybody out there who is still um battling with any difficulties that that's left you with just that connection you know the the closeness that we felt or some of us felt, I, I mean, I'm generalizing here, to our community and what, you know, some of us maybe tried to cultivate. Um, I don't know if you want to yeah. pick up on that, you know? Yeah, well, I guess for me, I, I, I live in New Zealand and the, the culture here is very different to that in the UK in that there's, um, there's probably still more of the neighborhood, neighborly community um, and like I said, I'm generalizing more. I lived in a reasonably big city back in the UK. So um, unless you went out of your way to get to know the people that you live next door to, it was unlikely that you were going to see them because people are working all the time and different hours of the day and things like that. But one thing I did notice is um, like how down people got because they couldn't be around other people. And that sent a huge message to me. And I guess personally being on the other side of the world from all the people that I love minus my, my family and friends here that has been a, a, taken a massive toll on my own um, mental and physical health not being able to just jump back on a plane um, when we moved over here my mentality was well I'm only a plane ride away and Covid proved that you're absolutely not and even now um, the, the restrictions have been lifted you're looking at double the airfare to get home so again it's not just a oh well I'll just put a few dollars aside and jump on a plane it's okay I've got to work really really hard just to get one of us back in back into the country and again that sort of um, the perception that you can't be with the people that you love is um, even that can be really anxiety inducing mm. and so I mean, for us as a country, we were looking at England and countries like England who were in constant lockdown and thinking, how on earth are you coping? Mm. Um, because all of a sudden you're not able to have physical touch with the people that you love. You're not able to do the things that you take for granted. And from what I hear, there was that element of fear when you were around people um, for a little while and what did that look like Shall, am I allowed to cuddle you am I allowed to shake your hand oh my goodness I sneezed and I forgot to get my elbow up you know all of these things that we completely took for granted and I just think out of all of the well-being components the one of the things that gets missed out is that power of connection and power of community and and if we get back to that um, even in parenting you know, I've got I have a baby. I get sent home two days later, and no, I'm gonna. The message is, you do it on your own. You can cope, and not only can you cope as a female, you've got to get your body back, and you've got to um, have a an entrepreneurial business, and you've got to put it all on social media, and um, you know, breastfeed till they're ten, and you know, have your hair looking amazing. And there's just all these pressures yeah. <laughs> coming at you from every which angle, but back in the day that didn't happen we'd have a baby and we'd have the aunties and the um, grandparents and, and there was a, this nurturing phase yeah um, and I I want us to be able to get back to that yeah. <laughs> um, in, in our own way you know in, in our own um, kind of, um, yeah whatever way I don't know what do you think yeah yeah completely the same as you I think you know lockdown was the toughest toughest time for for so many people and um 
kind of firsthand here, obviously it's nothing like being, you know, over the other side of the world from your family, but even just our experience of having um, Kev's nan lives, you know, just five minutes walk down the road and, and has lived on her own for, you know, over 20 years and um, just going and standing at her gate and seeing her in her house on her own was just heartbreaking and she was only there at the gate you'd have killed to see family and friends at a gate I I appreciate the difference there no Um, it's all relative it mm -hmm. really is because in a way that's even harder because you're there but you're not there you know yeah Yeah. and that was hard yeah that was hard and you know, we ended up, we, we had our dog then, obviously we don't have him now, but we had our dog then and we would open the gate and let him go in and, and oh, not, not really understanding the science behind whether dogs were okay or could even carry it. Yeah. <laughs> so that she had someone to cuddle for a moment. So she, she would yeah. kind of have a little stroke and a cuddle with Max and he'd be quite happy to sit there as an old lab. And uh, yeah, that was, that was really, really hard. Um, you know, I remember driving over to Leeds when when the um, kind of rule of six, I don't know what you heard about that over in New Zealand, but we had this thing called the rule of six, which was just um, weird. Uh, the whole rules of it were yeah. weird. We won't go into that. But we had this thing <laughs> coming called the rule of six, and it was six people um, could meet outside. Um, this was a few kind of months after things lifted a little bit. Originally, it was only you could meet one friend for a walk or you could only go out with people who lived in your household. It was it was really, really tough. But when you could meet six people outside, um, we, we drove over to my mum and dad's in Leeds and they live in a flat. So there was nowhere for us really to go and it was pouring down with rain. <clears throat> and my mum and dad at the back of their flats have a, have a row of garages so my dad opened the garage, took his car out, parked it kind of a little bit away, and he just put some deck chairs because you weren't allowed inside. And, and I think, you know, me along with so many other people, um, the less said about the rules, the better in this country. But, you know, us as, as a family yeah. always played by the rules. And so we, we sat, you know, half in half of that out of this garage making sure we weren't getting soaked just so that we could sit with them in the freezing cold and the rain and that was kind of what that was most people's story you know um and and people really really missed it you know thank goodness for the technology we have I guess um to being able to FaceTime and stuff but obviously you know with Kev's nan we couldn't do that um you know, I remember going yeah. into her house when things lifted a bit and you could mix, I think, two households and you could have somebody in you what was called bubble back then. Gosh, all these terms are going to be so weird. When we listen back to this in five yeah. years, we're going to be like, so, you know, Ooh, I went. She was in a bubble. Yeah, she was in a, but she was what? <laughs> <laughs> like Glinda flying across the stage in Wicked. So, yeah, so I went into her house, like washed my hands as soon as I got there, wore my mask and set an iPad up so that we when we FaceTimed people from from our family so that she could oh, see everyone what a good idea yeah which yeah. was and that was you could see her face just completely and utterly yeah. changed so yeah that that human connection is is everything for me and and I've probably said it before on on one of my podcasts that you feel so lifted after you've had a conversation a connection with someone and, you know, even if it's just, you know, yesterday I was in a meeting all day with people I haven't really been in a room with for a couple of years. And it was, I was like a, a child. I was like, hello, you know, just so nice to see people. And, and you know, somebody yeah. put a, a hand on my arm and I felt this rush of like warmth through my body because that's, as humans, that's what we crave, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, what blew my mind was going back to see my mum after two years. Now, my mum and I are like thick as thieves. We're best of friends. The last time I saw her, um, we went to Corfu together and I literally flew back for eight days and I, I arrived. We jumped on a plane. Uh, we had a mad week in um, in Corfu. And, you know, she was getting me driving up the tiny cliffs and I thought we all I was gonna I'm rubbish at driving I thought I was gonna like you know that was gonna be the end of us falling off <laughs> this massive cliff into the into the ocean and we we had the most incredible time 
and then the the plan for the following year was for us to go to Ireland and um it was just like okay brilliant and then of course COVID hit every you know everybody has their own story as to what that happened but it meant that it was two and a half years before I saw her again and and she's 86 next in yeah next week so that in in that sort of age it's quite a big chunk of time not to see someone and she'd been really poorly my brother one of my brothers lives in France the other one lives about four hours away from her um and so she hasn't seen us well certainly hasn't seen the two of us who live away and just before I arrived she'd seen my brother from France and then she had a month with me and she'd been really poorly for six months before yeah and to the point where you're kind of like okay what what's going to happen her quality of life looks like it might change um and then I came back and she's just had this whole new lease of life. And I, both of us agree that it's the energy that her, her children, all three of us were there. And, you know, I kind of missed out on my brother from a week, I think. But it, within the space of six weeks, she got to see all three of her children and have that really. And for me, she had me for a month and I didn't have my children or my husband. So I literally was there every day. And we make I'd make cups of tea, I'd make her lunch, I'd, you know, we'd sit down and watch our favorite TV program together. And it was that complete unity. And I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that her health has improved as a result of that like lift of having the people that she loves the most around her. Yes. Um, and it if I think about it too much, it kind of breaks my heart because you know, why am I living so far away? But equally it makes me more and more determined for people to understand that we can go on you know and eat our you know eight bits of fruit and vegetables and we can go for our walks and we can do all the things but if you're not connecting with the people that you love and you're not actually there I mean yes technology is amazing but you're not putting the actual physical time in with people then you're missing out on a massive chunk of well-being. And, yeah. and that's kind of where I'm on a bit of a mission for people to just slow down mm-hmm. and actually see that there's these quantum moments every day uh, with beautiful human beings that want to be with you. They want to connect, yet we're often too busy in our heads thinking, I've got to get to the grocery store. I've got to get the washing up done. You know, uh, And we miss those moments and then, and then they, they're gone. Um. So... Yeah, I, I feel like connection is probably one of my biggest drivers yeah. for um, people to understand that well-being piece. Mm, amazing. Yeah, totally understood. And, and I'm so happy to hear that about your mum as well. That really oh, is beautiful news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, hi, mum. Yeah. Um, so hi, mum. <laughs> one of the, 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 the things that I'd love to ask you as well is about, um, about the space that you um occupy within men's mental health I think that's a really um you know for me that that resonates um a lot men's mel- mental health means um so much to me um for parts of my story which I'm sure we might uncover at some some parts of this um and, ha- and maybe just to chat through why that space and um yeah what what's it what's it all for for you yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a loaded question, but I guess sort of like, uh, we may as well just go straight into it. Yeah, I mean, come on, but... big questions, here we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was blessed to have a dad that was, um, oh, he was an amazing human being. He was one of those souls that as soon as you, he walked into the room, you just felt like all eyes were on you. He, and he made every person in that room feel the same. He had this just in, uh, incredible energy about him. And um, he was generous. He was funny. He was kind. He had all of the things. Um, but he was, uh, he had his demons and he used to drown them in, in drink and, and alcohol. And although he was an incredible human um, and I was very lucky to, to, um, to have him in my world, he died about eight years ago and I I know that he died with regret and you would get glimmers of it um after his drinking spells and he would sort of go there in his head and he'd talk about some stuff and then he'd just come back to the present moment and um for me his passing was huge we were best friends um my mum my dad and myself we had quite a unique relationship um I was the only 
child of their relationship and we had siblings on either side and we we're all very close to the family but um growing up often it was just the three of us so we had quite a unique um relationship and when he died um which was really quite suddenly um this kind of un unfillable gap has been there ever since and it kind of became my mission to inspire is probably the wrong word because it's overused but inspire people to make choices that fully align with their core being their values so that when they go to their deathbed they've kind of pretty much done and been the person that they wanted to be rather than kind of going I wish I had done this but I didn't do it because I was scared or mm. I felt I couldn't and so for me I feel the females we kind of as much as we're tapped out and we've got our own pressures we're pretty well catered for to be honest um you know you only have to scroll down your Facebook feed to see the help that females can get um there's not much out there for men if I'm honest um and I I'm I love it because I bridge the gap between where they want to be mm. and where they are now and being a female is absolutely brilliant because I bring a different dynamic a different energy to it mm. um and I guess because I've worked in male um orient orientated um sports arenas for the last 20 years I've worked with professional um rugby players professional footballers uh, rowers um I just seem to kind of lean more towards that um kind of masculine energy um I'm perfectly placed to kind of go into that space mm -hmm. so yeah it's I mean it's brilliant it's challenging it brings its challenges one because men one they don't feel like they need any help um until often it's at that breaking point that kind of burnout um they maybe make choices that they shouldn't be making you know or I say shouldn't be making but you know marriages end or affairs happen or they leave their job spontaneously or they do something to combust their so-called perfect life um so my role as a coach is to get there first <laughs> so get to that point where um they can see that they're not in balance and um they know that they need to make changes but it's not so drastic that they have to go down to that sort of kind of next level with with more um, more support with with psychologists and, and counsellors so the coaching is very forward focused it's very action driven and it's it's motivating for them and, and I guess the biggest piece of the puzzle which often goes unnoticed is that accountability piece and as soon as they've got accountability they've got that role and they create the momentum once they create momentum they then um, sort of are able to kind of unravel the habitual thought patterns that are creating sort of damaging relationships to themselves and others mm -hmm. and then they can rewire and restructure and then they're away laughing so yeah mm -hmm. that's kind of what took me took me into the space and and um yeah it seems to be going pretty well um so far mm -hmm. but what about you well yeah absolutely and, and thanks so much for sharing that with us um because that's you know like you say it's it's a big big topic for you and it means so much but you make you know you are undoubtedly making such a huge difference to so many people's lives um and it's so important um and one of the reasons that I said that it aligned so much with with me and meant that resonated with me so much and I I said this to you last time we had a chat that I probably haven't said it out loud enough that I think one of the reasons that I transitioned into the well-being world was probably from um being in my late teens when I I um lost one of my very 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 close friends um he died by suicide and um I think that that kind of feeling of not being able to help and not uh feeling like was there something more I could have done and when I look back on that time you know we're talking I'm 41 you know we were 17 it <laughs> It was, you know, he was 17, we, some of us were 18, actually. Um, it wasn't talked about, we didn't understand it, there wasn't, there wasn't the understanding that we have now about it, and um, there was, you know, supports were happening, but clearly there was so much more going on, and I think if I'd have known now what I, if I'd have known then what I know now, I always wonder, 
you know and maybe that's you know that that carries with me and it carries with a lot of a lot of us who who were there at the time and experienced all that which was really tough but it's also um not that I'm sure anything particularly positive can come out of that situation but you have to look at it that it does um I feel much more hyper aware now of um looking after people and understanding what's going on and knowing when people become withdrawn or um especially with you know a couple of my husband's friends I've been like have you have you checked in with them because last time we saw them they said this and they said that and it it kind of something comes up um so yeah for me there's a there's a small portion of what I do that feels a little bit rooted in um I need to do more and I I kind of I'm all right with that actually part of me wonders whether is that a decent driving force is that okay um but I think it I think it is and I think the more I say that out loud the more comfortable I become with it um I think it's just because I haven't said it enough um yeah and I think you know also with that it's as long as it's for good and as long as it's not um you're not demonizing yourself or something then how can it not be a good driver for you because everything we experience especially the really tough experiences I can't imagine what that would have been like at the age of 18 17 18 um but those those experiences only shape us and so if you weren't to do anything because you felt you shouldn't Mm. then you're going to feel more um out of of alignment with your soul so Mm. It's about just kind of, I guess, just checking in and kind of seeing where it aligns and and absolutely using it. And then you're using his um, his name in honour um, to to enrich the lives of others, which can only be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. That means that means a lot. Um, and I and then I suppose further from that, just the level of um, the, the, the the it sounds weird, but the care. And the the nurture I feel in other people is really strong. And if I if I see other people um, who aren't feeling like they're getting the most out of their life or um, they're just struggling with something, I I instantly uh, want to know if I can help. And I suppose that makes me a bit of a fixer. Um, but again, I feel all right with that because I do know in the end that I'm not going to be able to fix everyone. Um, and that isn't really the job of what I'm doing anyway. It's just, I feel as if maybe I could just say something that might, um, lift someone, support someone, make them feel seen and not alone. And so many of us say things daily that are just kind of throw away, but actually, the away things that we say to us can embed, especially if it's a particularly negative script that maybe we've said for many years, or just, you know, the throwaway, you know, things we carry with us from childhood. Actually, having someone yeah. say, hang, yeah, hang on a sec, actually, um, what I think is that you're actually incredible at that, and maybe you're just not seeing what I see, and that reframe and refocus just chipping away at someone can can then make that negative script just kind of shrink a bit and for me that's really really important um I just for me it's um you know being kinder to people in the world and you know I've said things in the past and people have been like really you know is that how you feel and and it makes me feel like I'm the odd one out you know if I see somebody struggling with something I instantly want to go and help I want it there's something that I want to say it affects me Uh, you know I'm I'm affected by something whereas some people can easily be like it's just the way it is and it's that but but it doesn't have to be the way it is um so I suppose that's where it all comes from but I think having conversations that people listen to knowing my journey with with podcasts that I've listened to over the years and I've probably been an avid podcast listener for about six seven years I really feel like that's been part of what's shaped me um, for sure. Um, And just, you know, knowing that darker periods of your life, they they will and they may happen, you know, and when they do happen, it is possible with the right support to, to get better and to learn how to manage them, especially if they're particularly heavy, that might be something that you manage for life. But, but seeing it for what it is and getting the right support is the most important thing. 
but even just people who are having, you know, a bit of a blue day, that's okay. It is absolutely okay. But knowing perhaps what works for you and making sure, again, it's that coming back to shift of priority, putting yourself back to the top of the list. If I'm not feeling okay today, but I'm absolutely riddled with things that I have to do, how is that balance going to stay? So, yeah, that's that's kind of where yeah. I don't know if I answered anything there that you asked me, but that that came out. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's lovely. And you, I mean, you've hit on a good point, and we've kind of mentioned it a couple of times. But the the narrative that we have to put ourselves last um, that's a strong belief to try and shift, uh, male and female. And you know, I, I'm really aware of it being a being a parent. Um, I will I'll, I'll ask my kids what they want to do, and um, my son especially. He's he's really um, can lean towards that people pleasing and um even just a couple of days ago I was like mate if you're feeling tired and you don't want to go you know it's okay to say I'm good of course at that age nearly 13 there's that kind of fear of missing out but equally just giving that permission and you know what he chose not to go and it was because he was tired he's doing a lot of sport and um you know their bodies are growing and in that moment, he didn't want to let the person down, but it's like, okay, so are you going to not let them down over letting yourself down? And if we can get the kids, the youngsters to understand that that's not selfish, there's a big difference between being selfish and looking after yourself. Yeah. And if they can read the cues, then as adults, they're going to be able to set the boundaries a lot more rather than us trying to, un, like, for people to have to unlearn yeah. their habitual response to saying yes to things when they really mean no. Yeah. Um, so that's something as a mum I'm trying to do myself and um, people pleaser yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll even go to, I, I go the other way in that I'll offer myself even more even though I know I haven't got the capacity to do it and I people haven't even asked me I'm offering it and in my head I'm going stop stop <laughs> no just stop it and I'm still going forward going oh yeah yeah that's fine no worries yeah you can take my car and my cash and, and I'll just I'll just hang back here and I'll catch the bus we're all right <laughs> uh, so it's um you know I think that's a really important point for both of our listeners to get is is you know before you say yes to anything just kind of go oh, I'll, I'll let you know tomorrow Mm. Um, instead of this reactive response mm. and then it just creates that little bit of space and, and let's be honest in everything that we do if we can create space we're going to give ourselves at least the choice of a yeah. different outcome yeah but um that that coming back to self and then it means if you're topped up and your your tank's topped up then you've got more to give so you're not being selfish because you've got more energy to give other people yeah, I heard a brilliant thing the other day. I think it was from Jay Shetty, who we all love, of course, out there in the world. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was. I'm going. I'm probably going to absolutely butcher it, but it's something like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if somebody asks you at the end of a really long day, have you just got ten more minutes, and you feel like your energy is like depleted, it's not even at five percent. There's nothing wrong with saying, do you know what? I have got 10 minutes, but I haven't actually got any more energy at the moment. So if we can maybe talk tomorrow or schedule a time, you know, when someone catches you offhand, um, Absolutely. you know, yeah. schedule that time. Um, you can have a hundred percent of my energy and the, the time that we need something. It's something like that anyway. Yeah. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And again, kind of bringing it back to the kids. Um, I do that with them. I, I'm like an energizer bunny. Like I go 100% and then I've got nothing. Like there's nothing left. And I've taught myself over the years to kind of go, do you know what, kids, I've got that much left. And so if you want any food, if you want to ask me a question, if you want me to like, I don't know, clean your, your school uniform, you've got like five minutes <laughs> to, to because I'm, I'm running out of steam and it's brilliant because everybody then knows where I'm at yeah. and um it's 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 again it's it's about kind of containing it and putting boundaries in mm -hmm. and people respect you more then yeah. 
And yeah. it's something that I speak to my clients about. I often see business owners and they'll come in and they've got their phone and they'll go, oh, I've got to put it on silent. And more times than not, the silent will be on vibration and they'll stick it in their pocket and they'll be mid conversation and then it will vibrate. And then they'll kind of, there's that microsecond where they've, they've gone and then they come back and then, and then it goes again. And this might go on seven, eight, nine times, 10 times in the session. Um, and the, they're never they're never fully present, and that's really detrimental to the person that they're in front of. But now, the way I highlight it is if if that's your child, and um, or your wife or your partner that you're doing that to, immediately the person in front of you feels that they've got you, they've lost your attention, and so wouldn't you rather just keep the phone in the car or keep the phone in a different area and be a hundred percent so you've got the energy for that person and if you haven't got the energy for it just don't pick up the phone because you know I don't know how many I've kind of gone off on two different tangents there but if if we don't have the energy and we're constantly distracted by phones beeping yeah. or you know emails going off notifications here there and everywhere we're just depleting our energy mm. tank but yeah. equally when we're in that kind of moment of um like oh god he's phoning me we're immediately sending an energy to that person and we're not actually doing them any favors yeah and I, I, you've probably had it where I don't know one of your mates picks up the phone and they're like oh look I'm just in the middle of something and you're like well in, in a way don't just don't pick up the phone it's yeah. actually better to not pick up the phone yeah. than be like hold on a minute like oh, oh yeah and again it's habitual because we yeah. feel we should be answering this thing on the other line but I know I kind of did two little conversations there in, in the end, but it all comes back down to the same thing. Our inability to be present yeah. creates this depletion in energy. Yeah. And then if we haven't got the energy, we then, you know, we're giving ourselves all the time. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I could not agree more. I'm, ter- I'm terrible for it, to be honest. And the reason just to kind of like balance the, the that that kind of thought process as well is the reason that sometimes I pick up and say, gosh, I, I can't speak to you now, but I'll phone you later is because I feel like I don't want them to feel like I've ignored them. So if I at least tell them that I'll speak to them later, it's fine. But now I kind of see that from another angle that maybe that energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so funny because, I mean, I'm sitting here as if I don't ever do it. Like, I absolutely do. But I think that's something I strive towards yeah. is the, the yeah. whoever I'm with, needs to be the person I'm with and um and I know I can I completely um digressed from my main point which at quarter to ten at night I'll tend to do but um (laughs) but you know the point that's the the, I think we are all just bombarded so much that we don't have the time and I think Jay Shetty yeah brilliant piece of advice just I haven't got time for you at the moment but when we do it's going to be kick-ass happy days yeah um or not even haven't got time for you haven't got the energy yeah um, absolutely yeah just to kind of round it up I know there's one of the things that we would were both kind of chatting about before which was about this um living like the life that you want to lead like this is something that we have talked about before and it keeps kind of coming back to me especially I, I use the phrase you know purpose-driven life so much um and it's really nice that you kind of added in before about, you know, and it's the life you want to lead, not the life that you think others need you to leave and, and need you to lead. Sorry. And I think it's really interesting, actually, when you think about um, the kinds of um, perhaps historical scripts that families can give you about certain paths that you go down. And certainly when I'm, I'm aligning it to the performance industry like you know the the amount of anecdotal stories I've heard about um you know actors sitting in the back of a taxi and and the taxi driver goes oh what'd you do for a living like and the, it's the worst thing to say to go I'm an actor oh what have I seen you in and you've probably been <laughs> hustling and working for like 15 years doing some cracking shows maybe you've gone to Edinburgh you've done something down at the Southwark Playhouse and potentially that taxi driver doesn't know that he just kind of possibly wants to know if you've been in Corrie or EastEnders do you know what I mean and there's that yeah that angle but um yeah I'm just interested to know your kind of 
thoughts on that and you know making sure that people are living the life they really want to lead yeah you know I think it's so hard especially for for performers as well because like you say there's such a backstory to what the end result is like how they've had to hustle to get to that point and to have the resilience and the capacity to keep going back again and again and again Mm. um you know is testament to um them choosing that as their craft for a start um but i i don't know i just i was very lucky and i grew up with two parents who were like you want to be that go for it um but don't expect anyone to hold your hand through it you know they were very real about um you know I wanted to be a vet and then I wanted to be a model and then I wanted to be a firefighter and then I, you know you name it I threw it at them and they said yeah go for it um but they they also told me that if you're going to do that you you've got to work you've got to work for it um and I think that um although my parents were really good at leading me um to kind of go for your dreams I didn't have the self-belief to follow through on a lot of the things that I did so I didn't actually find my passion and drive for life until I was in my Mm mid-20s um a lot of my friends they knew that they wanted to go to university and study this they wanted to do this they wanted to do that but I had a really strong belief that I was a bit thick. So I reinforced that belief by failing all of my exams. So I went traveling at the age of 18. Having that was on, on my bucket list from the age of 14, I decided I was going to go traveling. Um, but beyond going traveling to Australia, there wasn't really much of a game plan. And then all my friends had this kind of trajectory. Um, and I just kind of kept falling into jobs until, yeah, I had sort of a life changing um kind of period in my life and in my 20s where I was like nah this is where I'm going and this is what I'm going to do and um yeah it's kind of led me to where I'm where I am now but I think for me the biggest thing is to like I don't know if I can swear but like what anyone else thinks (laughs) you know like it's just so important and we might get there too late you know sometimes people get there too late I um, was really lucky enough to um, hold a um, workshop for gay pride a few weeks ago over here and some of the stories that these guys were were telling me were breaking my heart like you know the the family expectation of um, you know go to school go to university get a wife get married have children you know get a wife get married have children Mm -hmm. That was their trajectory and they knew all along that there was something different that they were longing for something different and mm. and you know to, without kind of sharing too many sort of personal stories but having the courage to be able to step out of that and go i can't do it i'm sorry i, I just i can't live this lie um is so courageous um and obviously that's sort of one end of a spectrum which is really really um oh so 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 brave I think to a certain degree degree a lot of us just kind of do it on on the superficial they go into jobs that they don't particularly want then they get the house that they have to then you know have the mortgage so they've got to go to the job that they don't particularly like mm. um maybe they get talked into you know marrying someone when they didn't really want to get married they're just doing it because you know if you don't then you're the weirdo that doesn't get married like oh why didn't you do that so I think just it's really important that we have these honest conversations that why not like why can't we be that and I was lucky enough to grow up in an environment where my parents weren't married and they told me to do whatever I wanted to do so but I was the the minority Um, and so I think one we need to really get dig deep and find out what it is we really really want and also what you really really want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh my daughter's doing that for lip syncing on Tuesday my gosh love All it right. so much um, yeah <laughs> um and also like are you le- leading like a habit-driven life are you actually leading a life that you think you want but you don't really really want <laughs> um and they're scary questions to have because that that's the time when people kind of go oh no I don't want to be in this relationship or oh no I don't want to be in this job and that creates quite a few problems so or opportunities depending on how you look at it but I think if we have these honest conversations then people kind of go do you know what I did actually want to be a pilot and well maybe I can't be a pilot now but 
what could I do to take me more towards that? Well, I could go and do simulation classes or, you know, just lead you something. Living your purpose doesn't mean leaving your family and going off to India and being, you know, a monk, which is what I'd quite like to do. But, you know, that's (laughs) not realistic. I'm not going to do it. So I studied Ayurveda. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so I studied Ayurveda, which brought me closer to my Indian dream. And, and, And if that's still a calling for me when the kids have grown up, happy days I'll go and do that when they're older and um you know so it doesn't necessarily mean giving everything up but it does mean um really looking at what you want and being able to be brave enough to step out and start doing those things um you know maybe you wanted to be a footballer and you and you couldn't you went down the corporate path well could you go into some community coaching Mm. maybe you wanted to be a hairdresser and that that was your calling but you somebody told you that you were rubbish with scissors I don't know like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how else can you be creative um so yeah I, what, what are your thoughts on living purpose I mean living a purpose living life what does that mean to you and how do you encourage the people that you encounter yeah to do it? yeah I mean I've I feel like there's there's a there's a part of me that um has never quite fulfilled what I want to do um, as a performer and I think that's something that I've made a bit of peace with um, because it it felt I did some really great work I did some lovely jobs but there were a few jobs that eluded me um, that are now kind of probably not going to happen um, but I say that with a small opening of but maybe it would so I've, that's not a closed door to me um, and actually I find so much purpose doing what I'm doing and I love vocal coaching and I love seeing, um, you know, somebody get something and it means something to them and it means that they feel more confident in that role or, or whatever they're doing. Um, but I don't think I felt as much purpose as when I started doing, um, the wellbeing work. So after I'd done, um, my mental health first aid England and, the well-being qualification something changed I'm not sure what it was but something changed and it felt like um I've always had this weird thing which I know is is kind of nonsense but that being uh being a singing teacher doesn't change the world which is really weird because actually there are some conversations that I've had with my students that can be really impactful but I've always felt like I'm not doing any, I'm not doing enough, which again is interesting to unpack at some point in the future. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to some more conversations <laughs> with you. Anna's <laughs> making notes on what she has to get me I'm to work like, up to. Okay. Um, but yeah, this, this just feels like something that um, has, like people from school who I've not seen for 20 odd years, maybe longer saying, oh yeah you were always going to do something like this it's actually a really lovely thing to hear (laughs) because actually you go well yeah maybe I have always been um wanting you know to to care a bit more and to make change and to do something that one person goes gosh that that conversation was great I might just nick that and put that into my life and that gives me all the purpose that I need and just being able it's made me a better parent um being able to just step back like you were saying step back and see what your your kids really need what they want reframing things taking my time um and you know everybody listening to this you know by no means do I always get it right I'm you know I very honestly shared with Anna before we started recording that you know I haven't got this all worked out I will have days where I'll spend you know a little bit of time crying in front of the mirror before I go out because I can't stand the way I look but again that's all stuff that I am working on and I'm trying to be better at but part of this journey takes me into um, a sense of karma more balance in my life something that feels that's been out of whack for quite a while I think um and so for me I think the message to everyone is you really can do what you want to do and that might be hard it might be hard to do that in a work it might yeah. be hard to figure it out it might be hard to um say to 
um, a family member who who doesn't agree with a particular path that you're taking you know I, I know a lot of performers whose parents never wanted them to go into that profession because of the um the difficulties it can throw up but it's also an amazing profession that people adore that means a lot to people that brings so much joy and it's it's highly skilled no matter what anybody says it is highly highly skilled yeah oh my goodness work. Yeah. Um, and actually hard work perseverance really can you can do it you can do everything that you want to do no one says that it's going to be easy but nobody necessarily wants it to be easy you know if it was all really easy there'd be no challenges there'd be no learning there'd be no failure there'd be no developing there'd be no growing and that's what we yearn for we yearn to you know for me when I don't do something very well I've learned to be like okay what do I learn from that failure especially in your world sports world failure is a learning opportunity always um, it's harder, I think, yeah. for, for performers, you know, when we feel like we've failed in quotation marks or we get a rejection, it's like, what's wrong with me? It goes deep to the core of who we are. But actually, that's not true, you know, and, and that's just a thought that you had in the moment. And it isn't it doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it fact. But what what is true is that what can you learn from that? And what I learned back all, you know, all those years ago is that I wasn't made of strong enough stuff back then to be able to keep doing it but but the but the industry is different now the world is different now and and you know that door is not forever closed um but it just had to close at that moment um and now it just feels like my life feels like it's where it should be oh, and that's that's wonderful and don't you find that you just evolve as well you know and and you know, you evolve and grow and so our thoughts around things are different. And so our reality starts to starts to change and starts to take shape. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this work. Once you start doing it, you kind of realize that, you know, the world is suffering. It is suffering everywhere. And it's it's essentially what we make things mean. Our yeah. perception is is just that. It's it's our little dots and, and we get, get so focused on what that means when somebody else could kind of swoop in and go that's not a dot that's a star you know like, oh hold on a minute. you know your whole your whole yeah. perception changes but unless you come at it with courage and like you say hard work and um I think the, the thing with performers is it's hard not to make it personal because you are the product yeah you know if you're selling um yoga mats then if somebody doesn't like a yoga mat and you're selling it you're like oh well they just don't like the yoga mat whereas if you're selling yourself and you are the product and they're saying well no actually sorry not today mm. then unless you have got the skills and you've been taught the skills to be like okay well they you know that was my product mm -hmm. it's not me as a human being then of course you're going to take it personally and yeah. and so again that applies to many, many people now going out into the entrepreneurial space and um, mm -hmm. being able to create that distance between yeah. um, somebody saying, yes, I'll buy your coaching services, for example, or oh, actually, no, it's not for me. There's so many other factors that yeah. are, are in play that we can't control. But yeah. because we're meaning making machines, we make it mean something about us. And generally speaking, it will hit the point that we've got that core belief in isn't it so yeah. I mean I, I had it the other day with a group a group of teenagers I was resorted to tears which was ridiculous but mm -hmm. then they were having a bit of banter but my core belief was that I'm not good enough and I'm not intelligent enough and they just happened to say the wrong thing and it went straight down to to that like oh my gosh I actually I'm not good enough yeah. And luckily I was able to bring myself back, but mm. we all have our Achilles heel. And if we're yeah. not aware of our Achilles heel, we can get triggered and it can stop us from living a really, really awesome life. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, exactly. doing, yeah. I love just that. get on and get doing the work I say yeah <laughs> absolutely and always know that that somebody not buying into something that you have to offer is nothing to do with your levels of should be nothing to do with your levels of self-worth yeah you're worthy yeah, of absolutely. everything everything yeah. well that is just a as you are yeah just <laughs> as you are Anna <laughs>
um well do you know what this has been the absolute best and um I guess we should uh we should call it to a close and um just to everybody who's listening thank you so much for for being part of it today because this has been you know a couple of gals you know opposite sides of the world having a really honest conversation that hopefully you'll be able to take something from and um yeah just thank you so much for reaching out in that initial email because um yeah it this this has been you know this friendship is 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 life enhancing for me it's been really lovely yeah no likewise and thank you so much i'm looking forward to um continuing our friendship off air and thanks to all the listeners it's been brilliant and just great this has been completely unscripted we're just kind of going to friends talking and and seeing where it leads and hopefully they've got some golden nuggets that they can take into their own lives from um, from different parts of the world yeah incredible so good morning good afternoon good night wherever you are thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you again soon Drop my mic. I'm definitely going to keep that in. Love it. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs) You have to switch over to YouTube if you want to see how funny that was. Okay, we're really signing off. Thank you so much for joining us on Wellbeing with Manny in conversation with, and thank you for being part of our community. It really is all for you. It's all purpose-driven, and I really hope that you got something from the episode today. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it with anyone who you feel would benefit from hearing these open and real conversations. Please make sure that you are following and you are subscribed to make sure you never miss an episode, either on your app of choice or on YouTube. And if you can, please rate and review the channel. That would be so, so helpful because it helps other people find us. And finally, just remember that it is all about talking. It is all about sharing. So think, reach out. Who will you have a conversation with? Have a fabulous week. See you next week.